The Leap Foundation proudly presents the Meet the Mentor podcast with Dr. Bill Dorfman. Dr. Bill is a TV host, New York Times bestselling author, two-time Guinness World Book record holder, fitness guru, celebrity cosmetic dentist, and philanthropist who founded the Leap Foundation. Here's Dr. Bill. Hey, everybody. I'm super duper duper excited. I usually I say super duper, but because it's Addison, super duper duper excited to do this next podcast with an amazing young man who I will introduce to you in a moment. For those of you who are new to our podcast, the reason we started this is we've been running an amazing program called the Leap Foundation. Uh, the next program will be uh, July 18th to the 24th. Hopefully the vaccine will kick in, which was just announced and it will be live again. But if not, it'll be virtual. And if it is live, it'll be live and virtual. What's LEAP? LEAP is a motivational leadership program for high school and college students that teaches them the skills they need to be successful in life. Like what? time management, money management, how to write a resume, interviewing skills, how to get a job, and on and on and on. We even do things like etiquette and lifestyle and, and fitness. And I mean, it's amazing. So we have been doing LEAP live for the last 12 years. This year would have been the 13th. We opted for doing a virtual program because we had to. It was phenomenal. Typically, we get about 450 students live at UCLA. You come, you live in the dorm for a week, and it is magical. You know, parents often ask me, Dr. Bill, why does LEAP work? Well, this is what I'll tell you. Number one, I'm a dad. I've got three daughters. If I tell my girls to do something, I can guarantee you <laughs> they won't do it. No way. Now, if 10 of their best girlfriends tell them to do something, guess what? They do it. And that's why LEAP works. We surround kids with other like-minded kids to help encourage them, motivate them, and support them, as opposed to a lot of the crap that goes on now on social media where kids really aren't helping each other. So it's a great environment. And I will tell you this. Anecdotally, a lot of the kids who go to LEAP end up making lifelong friends. It's crazy. In fact, our executive director attended LEAP as a 16-year-old young man. He is now 27. He runs the program. And he will tell you his best friends are people he met at LEAP. So without further ado, I'd like to get into this Meet the Mentor. What is it and why do we do it? The highlight of LEAP every year happens to be something we call a mentor workshop. The mentor workshop is where we invite a hundred different professionals from all walks of life to come and literally sit with kids and tell them about their profession, what they do, how they do it, the challenges they had, how they overcame them, and on and on and on. Why? Because mentors are probably the fastest way to success for a lot of young students. You know, you don't have to reinvent genius, copy genius, instead of reinventing mediocrity. 
So with that, I'm going to introduce you to a man who participated as a mentor at LEAP, Addison Brazil. Addison is an active and committed mental health advocate after losing his brother to cancer, finding his father after suicide, and surviving a fatal car accident that killed his dear friend and left him unable to walk for months, all before the age of 30. He attributes his ability not just to survive, but to thrive with PTSD and compounded grief to the value of coaching and connection. Addison takes every opportunity to urge men to invest in themselves and their mental health well-being long before it becomes a dangerous thing for them. As a result, he helped launch an app called Tether, which we'll talk about today. Tether is a community where men can speak openly and receive support from other men. Addison, thank you and welcome to Meet the Mentor, mustache and all. Thank you, it's happy to be here. And yes, with my rare mustache, my Movember mustache. <laughs> so, I mean, I know you really, because we're personal friends too, went through a lot growing up. I mean, losing your brother to cancer, I think he was 14 when that happened, you know, being the one to find your father after he committed suicide and then literally being in an accident where your friend died and you were left unable to walk for months and months and months. Any one of those three things could really alter somebody's life in a very negative way. But all three of those, how do you go on after that? I think it ties in a lot with what I caught in your intro. I mean, one thing that what you choose to focus on expands, right? So we can focus on those three events and how we might perceive how, how they would be when they happen to you. Or we can focus on what was surrounding me at that time, which, like you said, was just an extensive community of relationships that I had cultivated. And I, I, some people call me the unluckiest guy in the world. And I remind them that I'm also the most grateful guy in the world because I have one of the best support systems out of anybody I've ever met. Um, and, and that really has been a really key element um, of me being able to show back up in the world and taking these experiences and provide value to other people. And, and I mean, I know you've done a lot of things quite successfully in real estate in, in film and TV and, and media and things like that. But the thing I'd really like to focus on today with you and with our Leap audience is Tether. Um, why don't you explain what Tether is and then we can talk about you know, how you guys started Tether. Absolutely. So uh, Tether is born of what's um, happening right now, which many are calling a men's mental health crisis. 75% um, of men um, are the ones that are dying of suicide currently. 77% uh, of men say they have depression, anxiety, or stress. And only 40% say that they would ask for help if they were feeling suicidal or like inflicting harm. So these statistics, they really guided us to show up in the world as a solution for men's mental health and well-being. And so what, what we've done is we've created an app which is a community-based platform uh, where men can show up and be connected with real conversations and exchange information and really just build, like I talked about, a trusted community of peers that are willing and, and able to do the work to live more happy, connected, fulfilled lives. You know, I think one of the misnomers in society is 
asking for help or admitting that you're having a problem is a sign of weakness. And I would argue to say it's the opposite. I think it's a sign of strength to be able to do that. Um, I'll share something personal with you and, and our listeners. I mean, there was a time in my life, and, and I've been very fortunate to have a, a really charmed life in so many ways, but there was a time in my life when things didn't go well. And I had three major things happen all at once, any one of which would have put a normal person into a real funk. But I had three things happen all at once. Um, we were in the middle of selling my company, which was a huge discus dental, you know, we made zoom and all that. I mean, it took a year to, to cultivate that. And that went south. Um, my second marriage failed. Um, I happened to find out on TMZ that I was getting divorced. That was really fun. But, but that all paled in comparison to the fact that, you know, I, I had a, a very close relative who was near death. And, and, and a lot of the responsibility in, in, in working with that person came on me. And, you know, I took a moment to sit down with my entire team. I walked into my dental office and I did an all hands on board meeting. And I said, listen, I am not okay. And this is the first time they've ever heard me say that. And it's the first time I ever admitted it to anybody. I said, I am not okay. And everybody was like, they knew what was going on. They're like, why don't you just go home? I'm like, what am I gonna do? Sit at home and, and be more depressed? That would be worse. At least when I'm here at work, I'm helping people, you know? And, and that makes me feel good. So I'm gonna lie to people. People are gonna walk in the office and they're gonna say, how are you? I'm gonna say, fine, why? Because I can't go there with every single person. So I think, you know, being able to share that with my team and getting the support I need from them really helped me recover. And I think one of the messages that I wanna give for people that are actively on Tether is, you know, you need to pick your resources. You may not feel safe telling a partner or a spouse, you know, what's going on, but I think that from being involved with you and, and reading what's on Tether, that's a really great safe space for people. And I'm here as a man telling you, it is not a sign of weakness to admit that you need help. It's actually a sign of strength. And I think it was really one of the strongest things I did was to say, I'm not okay and I need help. And I think that Tether provides a portal for people to do that. And maybe you can talk about some of the things that your audience, that, you, that your crowd on Tether has shared and, and some of the things that have you know, evolved and resolved as a, as a result of it. Yeah, absolutely. And I just want to start off by saying thank you for, for sharing that again. And I know you shared that at that time in your life and that, that had a great impact on you. And um, I'm sure many people looked at you at, for being a leader for that. Um, what I guess, what you just did is the very seed of Tether. You know, when one man is brave enough to share and practice courage and share something, it suddenly seems to activate other men when that behavior is modeled. And by you sharing, I now feel like it's safe for me to share. And that's something we've learned and we kind of cultivate in our community on a daily basis. What's really cool is that we've had guys come to the app 
from all different types of life experiences and all different places, not only of struggle, but also to share their happiness. Um, we've had men that are dealing with suicidal thoughts and through peer support and being in addition to their professional services, having a community around them, we've actually now that the app's been around for six months, we've seen a four month trajectory of what a man goes through from the time that they're feeling those thoughts to having a community alongside them before, during, and after any sort of professional help that they're also getting and the value of that. And we've had guys that started out as feeling like sort of the weakest link of the app become one of our trusted voices and champions, which is like really cool. And then also just, just even, it doesn't have to be that serious, just coming on and, and men have said that it's changed their life just to do one word check-ins, which I know Bill, you're familiar with one word check-ins uh, as well, where, where we just, we encourage men to put one word around how they're feeling physically, mentally, and emotionally. Every Monday we do that. And for some guys, that's how they're showing up. That's how they're starting to address their mental health and well-being. And, and so there's sort of this journey where there's an opportunity for everybody to overcome whatever barrier they're facing and start to share. One of the questions, before we get into the whole formation of an app, one of the questions that I know comes up to you guys all the time is, okay, if this is such a great thing for men, why are women excluded? And I, I think there's nobody better to address that than you. Yeah, um, you got the guy, you got the brand builder. So I am happy to address that. So one thing that I've done, and this is a helpful tool in my life, is when that question is posed to me that way, is that what I like to say back is I don't think of it as exclusively for men or just for men. What I do think of it as, as a solution for the men's mental health epidemic that is currently going on. So the statistics I brought up at the beginning, this is showing up as a solution to that based on a lot of research about how men really do show up to mental health resources and, and what works for them. And a big thing that works for men is seeing other men model behavior. So that peer support entry point, seeing another guy go through what you're going through for whatever reason, that makes them more likely to want to have conversations, to seek professional help, to join a group, whatever it is. So, so yeah, we, we show up as a, as a solution for the men's mental health epidemic that's currently existing for us. I love that. I appreciate that. So let's kind of switch gears for a second. You know, you had unusual life experiences. You had a real, I would say, deep insight to, you know, men's emotional health and well-being. Mm -hmm. And then along comes this idea to create an app. If I were a student watching and I wanted to, you know, because I had some other passion, wanted to create an app to do that, can you kind of take me through the steps that, you know, that I would need to go through to create an app? Absolutely. So I'm very fortunate in the sense that, you know, what you'll come across very quickly is when you're trying to build something, you'll, you'll need founders. Um, and what our CEO and original founder did so well is figure out what he wanted to build and what it was a solution for, and then built a team around him of four co-founders that could make that actually happen. So in a weird way, the four of us actually almost run four different companies. Uh, our CTO, he builds everything you see on the app in a tech, technology sense. We have a head of product that understands how to design all of that and sort of oversees our, our technology team. 
And then our CEO is kind of overseeing everything. And then I came on to build out the community and the brand. And when I say brand, I mean the relationship that anybody has with Tether whenever it shows up. So whether it's in an interview like this, on the app, in our content, on social media, that's what I'm looking at. I'm looking at the overall impact. So together, we kind of create the team of Avengers that can come up with an actual app and product. And I think what a lot of people fall on either side, uh, as I meet more and more people in Silicon Valley and other founders, you know, there's, there's the idea of people and the design people, but then they, they need a tech person. They need someone who actually has the skills who will donate their time and energy to building out that technology. So just kind of understanding with an app that there is that creative brand building side that has to be there, the idea, uh, and then also building a team of people who can make that technically happen is essential to bringing it to market. And a marriage of that is essential. Now, once you have your team, once you have a work, how do you actually launch an app? Uh, I think for each of us, that that's probably a, a different answer. Um, obviously, our tech guys, once it's designed and like, you know, they they spent all the time coding to get us right to that moment. And then what what we did is we focused on building a community around the launch first. And we actually everybody in tech will tell you this. You can always test an idea before it goes to market, right? So we had a beta group, actually, a Facebook group, where we did sort of the original tether with 500 men, and we saw what they wanted to share, what they didn't, and we learned a lot from these men. And then in validating it, that's what actually built the, the app that you see today, is everything we learned from that three-month period on that Facebook group. And then when we went to actually create it, obviously our tech side had to build it. And then I got to build uh, the launch around that. And that's around building a community, marketing, content marketing, advertising, brand and partnerships. There's just so many different ways to bring something new to the people who need it. So let's say you have everything done. You've got the tech, you've got the idea, you've got, you, you've, you know, how do you actually contact the app store and say, okay, I have this app, put it in the app store. How does that happen? So once the design is completely finished, um, it, you actually, it's a process of just submitting it to the app store for approval. And uh, as long as they don't see anything wrong with it, they approve it and it goes live. And then it really is on you how you'll bring attention to that and how it will rank so that it, it's visible, not only from your own efforts, I guess. All right. That's all beautiful. I love what you're doing. Here's the $24,000 question. <laughs> you ready? How do you monetize it? I mean, you've got all this going on. You've done all this research. I mean, you need to eat. <laughs> your, mm -hmm. your CFO needs to eat. Your CEO, like, how do you guys make money from something like this? Yeah, absolutely. So um, when, when you're creating an app, one thing that I want to call back to that you said at the beginning, too, is that there's this long list of people and champions and mentors that get involved and help you along the way. Uh, of course, if you're fortunate and, and, you're, and your idea is well received. Um, 
And, and that may lead to something called an incubator, which I don't know, Bill, if many people know what an incubator is, but there's two very big ones in San Francisco. And it's basically like an accelerator where we are at the stage that we're at now. You go into this accelerator and they help you with whatever you need to become you know, a billion dollar company to raise money, to monetize, to build. So we're actually actively in that process right now. Um, with a, with one of the most prestigious incubators. And that's something that, uh, that we are growing and learning every day. What we, what we have set out is what we've done is a freemium. So a lot of times you'll notice an app goes out for free. The, the, it's called the, you know, the MVP. We call it our most lovable product. And we made that available free. We wanted that, that basic version to be available to any man, regardless of economic status or anything like that. Um, from there, we'll have the opportunity to build based again, kind of like the beta with Facebook, we can now build what would a, what would a premium level look like? What would people value and pay for that's going to impact them the most and change their lives the most? And so we move into like what will be a subscription, which uh, will have different programming attached to it and different features. And you start to monetize in that way. Uh, in the app world, you actually, you always have the option as well of of creating different features that cost money. I'm sure you guys have played video games and there's certain levels where you where you pay. There's, there's so many ways to do that. And that's actually one of the most exciting parts about building technology is figuring out how beyond doing good in the world and taking on a social impact project like we have is how you, know, you can support yourself. Because like you said, Bill, the reality is if you can't make money doing it, then it's not gonna be sustainable. Um, so, so that's part of, that's part of what we have to do and what we get to figure out. Um, and over the next three months, you'll be seeing what we have in store. So just to kind of simplify that, um, a lot of our LEAP students know about my app um, mm -hmm. called Forgotcha. And basically Forgotcha is a way to recall phone numbers based on and, and contacts based on the day and time that you met them. So let's say I met you you know, three weeks ago, and I spelled your name incorrectly. Instead of A-D-D-I-S-O-N, I did A-D-I-S-O-N. Well, you're not going to come up in my phone. But if I remember, hmm, I met somebody a few weeks, I can scroll through, forgot you, and find you by the date I met you. Um, so we're doing the same model. So basically, the freemium is that you'll be able to see the last 10 phone numbers or contacts that you entered in the phone. But let's say the 11th is a guy or a gal who said, I'm going to hire you and pay you $200,000 a year. You need to find that person. Well, yeah. it's not free anymore. So at that point you get a subscription and you're maybe paying, you know, I don't know, a dollar a month or something like that. So that's one way to monetize. Another mm -hmm. is if you can have enough of an audience where you're getting hundreds of thousands or millions of people, you basically do advertisements in the app. Right. So people who get the free app are going to see these ads and then people who pay uh, you know, a few dollars or whatever it is, subscription, get the app without the ads. Um, so there's different ways to monetize this, mm -hmm. but I love what you did. I love how deeply connected you are to the cause. And I know that you have so much passion for it. I also know from being a friend that, you know, there have been times when you've said, Hey, you know, so-and-so, you know, needs some support. And I've gone on tether and I've actually reached out 
and, and talk to, to people that are using the app as well. And I think it's phenomenal. And I also want to stress the fact again, that, you know, there's such a strong negative connotation for weakness when a man, you know, is suffering or needs help. And that's not the case. You know, it, it's okay to not be okay. Mm-hmm. And one of the strongest things you can do is ask for help. And in fact, one of the strongest things you can do is concede that you lost a race too. <laughs> well, hopefully by the time this airs, that's something that that has happened. Uh, yeah, I'll leave you. Our CEO says it and he says it best, so I never change it. But struggling doesn't make anyone less of a man. It simply makes you human. Uh, and, and when you come to that conclusion and you find your community around that, it really does change things very quickly. I speak from experience. And then also now I have the privilege of getting to watch that experience for other men. So I'm so grateful that you are bringing awareness to this and, and having me on. And, and I actually loved my experience mentoring Leap this year. Uh, and as you know, I, I kind of watched a bunch too. Uh, and even at my age and everything I'm doing, you know, that's one thing I always stress, stay forever a student, always have a mentor that's teaching you something. Um, that part's never done. And that's what's exciting. That's awesome. Addison, if any of our students want to contact you directly, should they do it through Tether? Yeah, that's um, my, my Tether um, email is is very simple. Addison, A-D-D-I-S-O-N at Tether, T-E-T-H-R dot men. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty accessible. I, I um, yeah, I, and we have a lot of kids that are in transition coming out of school that want to be involved in a project or volunteer basis. I'm all ears and of course would like to help anyone and everyone develop um, into building their own version of Tether. And they can also reach you on Instagram. What's your handle there? Yeah, I'm Addison Brazil, A-D-D-I-S-O-N-B-R-A-S-I-L. Great. Addison, thank you so much. That was really, really valuable and heartfelt all at the same time. Uh, I love you. You're amazing. I love what you're doing. And thank you so much for supporting LEAP and everything we do. And I will pledge to continue supporting you as well. Uh, For those of you who want to send your son or daughter to LEAP again, will be July 18th to the 24th at UCLA live or virtual and both. So if it's too hard for you to be able to come live, the virtual program will be amazing as well. Uh, Dr. Bill, over and out. To learn more about the Leap Foundation, go to leapfoundation.com or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash leapfoundation or on Instagram at leapfoundation. 
Listen to the Meet the Mentor podcast with Dr. Bill Dorfman on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.